Hey everyone, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like Nike, setting the world on fire. I'm, I'm proud of that one. Today on the show, we're talking all about internet conflict and okay car just like every time i record i swear something happens and it's so frustrating and it's usually a quiet neighborhood most of the time it's so maddening <laughs> but uh today on the show we're talking about internet conflict how it applies to this model that i've been working through and how to resolve some of this internet conflict uh often we end up leaving internet conflict with unresolved issues that we take with us into everyday life and it can be very frustrating for our family friends and uh, those around us who get the brunt of that force that was triggered by someone else. This feeling can be very frustrating to work through, you know? So we also take that feeling and associate it loosely with people who are of similar types. And uh, we end up creating caricatures of people instead of treating each other as individuals. So, you know, there's a lot to break down here on this episode of Dopamine. And I appreciate you for being here. I love you guys. Thank you so much for continuing to support this show. As I've said last week, we just passed 30,000 listeners all time. So that's amazing to have my voice being listened to 30,000 times. Um, I hope it's that good. <laughs> um, uh, just a reminder, you can go to support the show at dopamine.life. If you want to leave a monetary donation, you can click the support this show button or learn about me at cnote.media and check out all the, uh, the, the stuff that I do. And there's also a link in the description to our survey where you can also leave your email address to receive updates about the show and all sorts of things related to dopamine. So um, after, now that that's out of the way, let's go and start the show. Let's do this. Okay. Awkward pauses. Yay. Dopamine. Drums, Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday. Today I want to talk about um, conflict on the internet. Uh, essentially arguing on the internet, discussing things with people, um, and how it affects our mental health. Obviously it can have, I, I think it's pretty obvious how it can have a mental health uh, effect, I think, for me, when I when I get into mania, I tend to lean into arguing arguing with people. I become argumentative. I become uh, I create a I feel a sense of invulnerability. So I feel like I can tell people off and and um, not be touched. And I think that is an extreme version of what the average person feels when the anonymity of the anonymity of the internet allows us to feel like we can say whatever we want and no one's going to come after us. Uh, it's not a real, there are no real world consequences to saying what we want to say about something. And, and therefore it sort of reduces our thinking on the topic to a very basic rudimentary form of thinking and sharing our reactions or opinions to something, because we don't have to consider the ramifications of what we say. You know, we don't have to be careful and, um, that causes conflict that causes issues. And now yesterday I talked a little bit about this sort of like conflict tree or this conflict tennis match that I was talking about where, you know, there's an acknowledgement of conflict and then the intent of each side followed by the, uh, the reassurance from each side of forgiveness and reassurance of not doing it again. 
Um, I think that is, I had a little bit of time to think about it. I'm still recording this the same day, but I've, it's essentially acknowledgement at the bottom between both sides, followed by intent from both sides, and then the forgiveness and apology from both sides, the reassurance at the end of it. And when you're having conflicts on the internet, it is kind of difficult to get to that place because the acknowledgement is kind of easy. And I think that's where people get stuck on the internet, the acknowledgement of each other's of the problem. And then where actually, no, that's not really where they get stuck. The acknowledgement is fairly easy. Everyone knows what the problems are. Um, I shouldn't say everyone, but there are sort of top level understandings of what the problems are in terms of social issues, political issues, things that people commonly discuss over the internet and argue over the internet are issues that are sort of there. There's common knowledge to an extent uh, that people acknowledge as what the conflict is, though there admittedly is a ton of, of nuance and misconnections when it comes to that conflict. So like if you can't properly acknowledge what the problem is specifically, then you can't move up the tree. So that's where a lot of people get stuck. And then even if they acknowledge the problem or feel like within the conflict, within the specific conflict, meaning within like a Facebook post or a Twitter discussion, maybe there is one common problem that both parties are acknowledging, the intent becomes another challenge. The intent between the two people becomes a challenge because it's, again, you're not reading facial cues. You're not hearing someone's tone of voice. You don't know someone's backstory. You don't know what their bias is. You don't know their personality type. They don't know, you don't know their personal mental health history. You don't know anything about this person. So being able to convey intent and acknowledge intent is going to be difficult And that is where a lot of the internet conflict tends to stew. You know, you can have uh, uh, resolutions within conflict, but one of the most resolutions, one of the most common resolutions that I hear is A, either someone just leaving the argument altogether, meaning there's that relationship between these two people is forever tarnished until they come back and try to resume conflict. If these two people arguing on the internet decided to resume this conversation 10 years from then and didn't grow as people and weren't willing to come back and resolve the conflict to apologize or to acknowledge something, then they would just remain severed until that happened. If they came back to the same place and acknowledged the argument, they would likely just continue the argument. (laughs) So... Uh, in order to move forward, there has to be a genuine acknowledgement from one side. One person has to identify as the victim, and the other side has to identify as the oppressor. And that is, again, where the conflict lies. The acknowledgement phase that one person is an oppressor and the other, and the other person is uh, the victim is a, a difficult thing to even pass. You can't even get past level one with with trying to determine who is the victim and who is the oppressor here. So without that, you can't get to the next stage, which is is intent, discussing why the victim feels hurt and then why the oppressor is saying what they're saying or doing what they're doing. And then, um, you know, from there, 
apologizing. So, you know, the apology comes before the intent with the oppressor. So the apology and then the explanation of intent. Because if, if someone just apologizes, if you just say sorry and don't say anything else, that's not a genuine apology. The victim is not going to feel like, you know, they've taken this, um, what the person has said to heart, that they genuinely believe that this person is sorry. You know, someone can, like a politician, for example, could go up on stage and say, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. Uh, I'm sorry for how the person felt. I won't do it again. Okay, but what is it that you are apologizing for? What, what is the emotion that the other person is feeling? Do you actually know what's going on or are you just doing, you just trying to gloss it over? Are you trying to do basically the internet equi the equivalent of agree to disagree? Because that is also not a conflict resolution, but is also a common thing that I hear people um, uh, end conflict with. There's a lot of unresolved conflict because people either leave discussions or they use the whole agree to disagree angle and nothing is actually resolved. You just agree to part ways and it's like another version of just leaving the conversation. So there is no resolution. And uh, that leaves a lot of relationships tarnished and severed. And, you know, you're, you have this lingering anxiety and fear that the next conversation that you have th with this person is going to be in service of resolving this conflict because you know that it's not resolved. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that after we take a break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome back. Uh, this, so this second segment is a little bit more about protecting your mental health and resolving conflict so that is a, a means to protect your mental health. Uh, I think a lot of anxiety comes from unresolved conflict. In interpersonal relationships, uh, online conflict, anything. I mean, if you have an argument with someone online, you're going to take that frustration offline, right? And if it's unresolved... 
if it's resolved, you're going to be like, you know what? I had this really great discussion with someone today and um, we really understood each other and helped each other grow a little bit, whatever. Um, but if it's unresolved, you're going to go talk to your friend and be like, this motherfucker is a racist <laughs> or something like that, you know? Um, and really just like share all of these things that are still a part of the conflict that you've left unresolved. And you take that with you, you know? And, and this is like, again, I'm not a psychologist, but this is based on personal experience and observation The people bring their conflict with them. You know, a lot of people, you have this, um, you know, people, uh, you, you think about this concept of like leaving your work at the door when you go home or, uh, leaving your conflict at the door when you go to work or something like that. It doesn't mean it's gone. You can't actually push it away. It's just under the surface and it leaks out in other ways. So, you know, you're at home and you're stressed out and your kids are being a little bit extra annoying. You can't actually enjoy them because this unresolved conflict that you have in your life continue to continues to seep in to other areas of your life. It starts to build, you start to build a sense of anxiety. You start to feel like, um, this unresolved thing is just something that's floating in the ether and you just don't know what to do with it. Especially it's especially dangerous when you're having discussions with strangers because you're not, you're not as likely to have another opportunity to resolve that conflict. So you bring that conflict and bring it into a discussion with another person that seems similar or has a similar view. And you're like compounding all of that, all of those conflicts that are unresolved and bringing them into these other discussions. So you're assuming that this person is the same person that you have a discussion with. So that happens within talking on the internet with strangers, like, you know, because someone's a Republican or a Democrat, you assume that they fit within a certain framework of a personality type, or you assume that, you know, they are a quote unquote, uh, uh, I'm not going to use those terms, but, (laughs) um, you know, you assume that they're like a libtard or a racist basically, um, which are the nicer terms, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, And you go into a new conflict with the remnants of the previous one. So again, you're not resolving anything. You are just continuing to argue. You're continuing to feed this outrage, which I think might be another episode. I'm not really sure. Um, But it's kind of feeding the outrage that different sides of conflict tend to have. Because you're feeding the outrage by connecting with other people who agree with your views and you're kind of living within the echo chamber and continuing to unre- to not resolve conflict and take that conflict into new discussions. You're treating basically everyone on the internet who has a different view of you as the same person that you just left another argument with as. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're treating people the same way that you would treat another person in an argument. You're not treating people as individuals. We, I say we, I say you, but we, I mean, I am, I am not innocent of this either. So we are treating people like they're not human. We are treating people like they are a caricature of other people. They're a caricature of this, this combined made up person or thing that is the result of like a viewpoint, political or social or anything, you know, in between. 
So you're not actually talking to a person. You're not listening to them. You're not taking the time to get to know their perspective, their intent, why they feel the way they do, why they're saying what they say, and finding a way to resolve the conflict between you and this individual. And that's, that's going to be one of the important ways to try to come to a resolution, is realizing that the conflict, the discussion that you're having one-on-one with this person is not you versus the entire Republican Party or you versus the entire Liberal Party, the Democratic Party. It is you and this individual person coming to blows about a topic. And you need to find a way to understand each other's individual intent to come to a resolution. Because your mental health is, is at stake, their mental health is at stake, and the lives of everyone surrounding you and surrounding them is at stake. Because you're going to take that conflict with you wherever you go. So if you have kids, just think about it that way. If you're having discussions, meaningless discussions with people on the internet as a means to like make yourself, I don't know, feel important or I don't know, something like something where you're having a discussion and you're not willing to resolve the conflict, you're going to take that unresolved conflict with you home and you're going to be combative. You're going to be difficult. You're going to be, you, you might even be mean to your kids. Uh, these are patterns that I've seen. Again, not a doctor, not a social person, not a social studies major or anything like that. These are just simply observations that I've made. So I've felt this. And that is a, that is a reason that I'm sharing this is because I've felt this. I've felt over and over the result of, um, through mania, through my personal experience, through anxiety of having unresolved conflict with a spouse in my past, unresolved conflict with um, family members, things like that, and realizing that I'm harboring this, I'm taking this with me, I'm harboring resentment for these uh, these discussions, for these things that have not been worked out. You know, I've either not received or received an apology, or I have not acknowledged that I'm the oppressor. I've not acknowledged my own intent. Maybe they've not acknowledged my intent. You know, there's something missing. And really, we have enough of that within our own lives, within our, our day-to-day social structures with people that we have discussions and conversations with, that to take it online and take that to strangers is only going to continue to feed depression, anxiety, terrible feelings, unresolved conflict, and we are going to take those unresolved conflicts and create divides unresolved power dynamics between us and other people who we haven't even had a discussion with yet, but we assume that they're going to have the same kind of discussion because we've talked to a similar type of person. So it's a challenge. I get it. It's totally hard to have a discussion with somebody who is just not willing to be patient. They're not willing to listen to you. They're not listening. They're not willing to hear the whole story, but a matter, it's a matter of protecting yourself, um, from, Uh, creating boundaries from online discussion and recognizing that it's not helpful to get into a discussion that is not likely to have a resolution. You know, it's important to just in the way that you would vet or qualify clients when in the prospecting phase and trying to get people, you don't want to like have discussions with every single person, right? You want to have discussions with people who are willing to move the needle 
who are willing to buy your product, who are already primed and ready to buy your product, right? So it's kind of the same thing with conflict resolution. And I'm not saying to have discussions with people who are going to agree with you. I'm saying willing to have discussions who are also with people who are also willing to be civil and talk about it and be thorough and listen to you and you're willing to listen to them and you're willing to learn a little bit about them and share your story and share their story and work through this conflict tree together. Because so many people are on the internet just spouting one-liners and sharing their intent, but there's no one to share it to. <laughs> there's no one to, uh, to, uh, to, to forgive it or to create a sense of reassurance. You know, there are people who are <clears throat> essentially individually sharing individual points of this conflict tree, but not volleying the ball back and forth to a middle point. Which is why I'm trying to think of it as like a tree or a pole or something, because it has to be a connection point. If there is no, if it's just a conflict, if it's just feeling hurt, if it's just feeling like you're the oppressor or feeling guilty, if you're just feeling guilty or you're just feeling like you've been hurt, but nothing to pass the power dynamic back to, back and forth to no point of conflict no no real specific way to volley the the ball back and forth you're going to aimlessly look for someone to volley the ball the ball back and forth which is going to be again why you're you know you might be scouring the internet looking for someone to fight with and this has happened to me again within bounce of mania i felt like i've been looking for someone to resolve this terrible feeling and I'm going around the internet and trying to pick fights. You know, people are going around the internet and trying to pick fight, fights because they don't have a point to volley the ball back and forth. They don't have someone to say, hey, you know, I feel this guilt and shame for causing this. You know, and, and again, it's just so abstract and amoebas because it's social conflict. So you there's no single point of entry, you know. People try to blame people of color or white people for something in terms of racial discussions, social discussions. They try to blame Republicans or Democrats. But again, Republicans, quote unquote, there is no one entity. There is no one caricature to respond and give the Democrat or the person who is complaining about it the satisfying feeling to go up to the next rung on the tree or the rung on the ladder or whatever and be able to go back and forth with each other. So... I think at the end of the day, the important part of this is you need to find the the way for you, the individual way for you to be able to move yourself within the conflict tree up the ladder and to understand that in order to move forward, you need to have an opposing point of conflict who is willing to listen and work through you up the ladder because you can't work up the ladder by yourself you just can't you need to volley it back and forth so again that's like that's kind of the point of this model that again i'm trying to work up work work out is that you can't necessarily work up the conflict tree on your own you need someone to acknowledge that you've been hurt that you're feeling pain that you've been upset that there's something there otherwise you're just going to continue to stay within that place 
or if you're feeling shame, you need someone to forgive you for the thing that you've done, you know, for this feeling that you feel, feeling a sense of guilt for, you know, doing something bad or perception of doing something bad. You need someone to forgive you. You know, that could be, um, and, and typically I don't think God counts in this scenario. I'm, I'm going to say that outright, you know, because people can say like, oh, God can forgive you. But that doesn't really help resolve. Sure. that I mean, that's kind of like a, I don't know. I feel like that's a pseudo way of doing it. That's <laughs> again, that's like a hard discussion to have. Um, because I feel like that, that's not, that's not forgiveness from an actual person. You know, that is forgiveness from a construct that you've created. And again, if you can create a construct to move yourself up the ladder, basically this secondary force to help move yourself up the ladder, then you're not actually developing as a person because you can create that second rung, that second pole, that second other person, that second thing. You can make that in whatever image you want it to be. But I think in order to resolve conflict, it has to be with a tangible human person, someone that has their own viewpoints, their own perspectives, and you're, you're meeting in the middle, right? You're not just splitting yourself in two in order to, you know, cheat your way up the ladder. You need to genuinely find a point, another person, another connection point, another someone to help you move up this ladder together so that you can resolve this conflict and be able to get up to the next, the next level to move past this conflict, to move forward, to move through conflict. Because again, we can't ignore conflict. If we are trying to, if we are trying to just get to a point where we're leaving a conversation, we're ignoring each other, we're agreeing to disagree, you're not actually moving through conflict. That is conflict avoidance. And conflict avoidance leads to further anxiety and bringing that conflict with us to other places to subconsciously search for the resolution. <sighs> okay, so that was a bit of mental gymnastics. <laughs> I apologize, but um, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of a clearer picture as to like what this model looks like. Maybe by the end of the week, I could give you a little bit of a clearer definition. But the idea here is that at the bottom, you've got acknowledgement between both parties. You've got the intent clearly defined by both parties. And then the, um, uh, um, what is the, what is the last one? Uh, the reassurance at the top from both parties that there is forgiveness and acknowledgement that it won't happen again. So I think that is the three key pillars here that I keep thinking about when it comes to like this model of conflict. Again, it's Acknowledgement from both parties, intent, uh, intent exchanged between both parties, and then the reassurance from both parties, forgiveness and reassurance that it won't happen again. So I'm going to continue to try to define this throughout this week, throughout different topics that we're going to talk about with this overarching conflict of the overarching discussion of conflict. Uh, I think I'm going to talk a little bit about a conflict avoidance at some point this week as well in a little bit more detail. And, um, you know, think about that. The f think about and think about how that feels when you're having a discussion online and how you carry that with you when it's unresolved. So it's important to protect yourself, to find ways to 
have still have conflict, still have discussions. You need to work through conflict, but it's important to make sure that you're working through conflict with someone who is ready to work through it with you. And that is why it's like a two part system. It involves both people. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I want to talk about with this. Um, uh, hopefully this has been like interesting for you and fascinating. Uh, it's certainly fascinating for me, which is why I'm sharing it. And it's something that is helping me understand conflict a little bit more. I'm sort of seeing patterns within people, um, people having these discussions over the past few years online, especially with social issues, with the recent Nike thing that happened, with Colin Kaepernick being the face of Nike, and kind of just a lot of cliche reactions, um, and people who are on both sides of the coin doing a lot of the same things, or exchanges of power in different kinds, in different ways. So maybe I'll talk about this specific example of using that in the future, but, um, it's, all of it's just fascinating. So that's why I'm just talking about all of this because in order to resolve conflict, you need to point, find a point to a partner to help you through it. And we're all at varying degrees of development. Um, so I think, you know what, I think that's the next thing I'm going to talk about is understanding that people within conflict are going to be at varying degrees of development. And, um, in terms of social conflicts or bigger picture conflicts, you're going to have to find someone who is on a similar development level to work through this conflict with you to create a sense of personal conflict resolution. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit in likely tomorrow's episode. But for now, let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know what you think about internet conflicts. Um, if any of this has helped you think about conflicts on the internet a little bit differently, how have you felt after internet conflicts? Have you felt like it's had a negative impact on your emotion, your emotional health? And, um, have you taken it home with you? Have you found yourself becoming more of a difficult person, um, and being combative or argumentative or anything like that? Let me know with a uh, message on Twitter at let's go C note, or you can hit me up with a voice message here on anchor. Um, you can also go to dopamine.life and subscribe to the show. If you have not already or donate to the show, just by clicking the support this show button, support, support this podcast. Um, and then you can also go to cnotes.media to check out my stuff, my courses, learn about who I am and what I do for a living. I'm also a multimedia designer and uh, I create courses. So go check all of that out. So um, if you would like, please leave a review and um, leave a rating. That would absolutely help me to get the show moving a little bit forward and uh, get more listeners and and, and have more open discussions with people. I think this would be really great. So thank you again for listening to the show. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. Ah. Incoming call. Nope. <laughs> Bye. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.